there, and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Azure. I'm Tobias, and I'm back again with UC. What's up? Hey, Tobias. Uh, super very busy weeks uh, the past couple of weeks, and I think the, the couple of following weeks will be busy as well. More travel, more stuff to do on the house, a lot of work that is quite intense, tough gym sessions. I super much like it, but they're really tough nowadays. And I, I realized that the weeks, they just fly by. It's it's November now, I think. And just recently, I felt it was September. I like being busy, but also I'm now planning for any upcoming weekends that I, I actually have some, some downtime. So no obligations to do anything maybe on a Saturday and trying to find that sort of mode or or, or approach that I can get bored when I want to. And, and I feel we don't really give ourselves too often that opportunity because there's always a device nearby that, that can entertain you. And I, I feel I'm, I'm beginning to like more being bored at times. So that's that's probably what's up with me. Yeah, nice. I, I love being bored every now and then. And I would love to, uh, to have a couple of weekends with nothing planned, but uh, yeah, um, we, we're the opposite around here, you know, closing in on Christmas, our weekends are filling up. Um, so I, I've got and still have a kind of viral lung infection. So it's been almost now five years, uh, five, five weeks, wow. not five years. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, clearing up now so I can speak again. So bear with me as my boys may be shifting throughout the episode. Uh, recently, I've had the uh, opportunity to really evaluate some of my garden lights. And I uh, realized that I'm using more than 30 of those Philips Hue devices. Uh, and most of them are the GU10 spotlights. So just the actual light source, none of the, uh, you know, chrome around it, none of the, uh, you know, holsters and plastic and whatever. Um, so I plugged those in to some pretty robust and nice looking fixtures in the garden, and but also indoors. It's really neat to be able to uh, kind of schedule the entire home and the garden with all the available colors and set the scenery uh, so it's been great for Halloween. It's going to be great for Christmas, other holidays, but also in general now when when it's getting you know closer to winter and it's getting dark outside. Uh, in general, it's really nice to uh, have this easy way to control the garden mood. So, you know, automating things. When I walk through the garden, it starts lighting up, uh, lighting up the areas if uh, if every light is turned off. Same thing if someone jumps over the fence into the garden at night. There's motion sensors enabling all the lights, and and you know cameras can pick things up. So I really like that. Just want to share that. Uh, I'm, I'm really happy about this type of automation because we we talk about home automations a lot, you know, with folks, and we talk about the different things. Um, a lot of folks in my family and, and my vicinity, they're like, "Hey, why would you need a smart home?" I'm like, "This is why. This is one of the reasons I really enjoy it. It's making life a lot easier." So just wanted to share some some of the stuff I've been configuring over the last couple of weeks. Sounds super nice. I've been using Philips Hue systems quite a bit, but in my current house, I don't have any of those. I thought that, well, maybe when I have time, then I will start building on those. And it's been about a year now in the new house. I haven't had that time yet. I rather want to get bored than building stuff on Philips Hue. Uh, a community highlight we found from TJ Divine, Microsoft 365 Copilot is now generally available. Any any thoughts, Toby, on M365 Copilot? 
I do have some thoughts on it, but uh, I think I'm going to reserve that to an episode that I think we should do on this because it does relate to a lot of the things we we work on and and co-pilots in general. We might actually want to do an episode on all the co-pilots that we know exist um, right now. Um, So I I just think this is our productivity enhancer, you know, getting the aid of AI and generative AI as a co-pilot driving through your day, not just in Visual Studio or Visual Studio Code and not just on... Azure OpenAI uh, service interfaces, but also within the product you use every day. I think that's really uh, beneficial. So I'm I'm uh, looking at that a little bit. I'm using it a little bit, and it is really good. It is enhancing some of the workflows I have. But again, I'm gonna uh, you know move those comments over to an episode where we really dive into this. Yeah, I would I would say that we need a separate episode, even if it's not strictly Azure, but I think all the Copilot capabilities, starting from GitHub Copilot all the way to uh, Microsoft 365 Copilot, they sort of fall into the same generative AI sort of paradigm that that we are now experiencing. So I have some thoughts on this one as well, but let's save those for an episode on Copilots. Uh, so today's episode is about reflections on upskilling with Microsoft Applied Skills. And I I think we both saw the announcement roughly at the same time. This was maybe a week or two ago that Microsoft announced something called the Applied Skills. What is it? Why should we care? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I've been diving into this. So essentially it's a new cr- type of credential um, that you can prove and showcase that you know something about any given topic. So I think this is really addressing the skills gap in the workforce right now and also looking at the future. Uh, you know, there's a lot of research uh, showing that we don't have enough folks working in tech. We don't have enough folks working in AI. We don't have enough folks working in cybersecurity. We don't have enough in tech in general. So it's about also bridging that kind of skills gap, enabling more new learners to gain more opportunities to really ramp up on these technologies. So the applied skills, that's kind of a way to measure your skills using a hands-on lab environment. And you'll get some instructions to follow, uh, simulating like a real-world scenario, uh, but more kind of project-based than role-based. So in contrast to certifications, which are mostly in-depth knowledge checks um, to really know your stuff about any given area uh, or role in that case, this is more about simulating, applying your skills in a more realistic situation for a given project or a given task that you need to kind of finish. Um, so, uh, so it's a bit more hands-on uh, than a certification. And it's a good way to really practice uh, what you learn. So you don't just read a book and do a certification and you you know tick it off the box, but you can also now implement. So you get real Azure subscriptions deployed where you can deploy resources. You have to configure those resources. You have to do things with it to make sure you're doing things the right way. And then when you assess yourself or when you essentially click the finish button, it's going to do an assessment on the configurations you've done on that actual live Azure tenant, uh, which is, of course, you know, in a protected environment, but it's a real tenant with real resources, not just, you know, um, something that that is meta or pseudo or a lab environment that is uh, based on rule sets, it's an actual Azure environment where you have the capability to really deploy your stuff and, and configure it. So it's really a really interesting way to uh, to learn and assess your your skills for for some. Yeah, for for me, when I had a look at the announcement, so so what's applied skills, and then I went through some of the content. Let's talk about those in a bit. What's what's part of the uh, applied skills? When I went through some of the content. 
I realized that the platform obviously is Microsoft Learn, but then when you go to the actual applied skills that I want to prove that I have this and this skill, what it's using, it's embedding on the Microsoft Learn portal, it's embedding the skillable lab environment. So it's giving you an RDP connection to a Windows workstation. It's giving you the guidance. This is what you need to do, but we're not telling you how you're going to do this. And for anybody listening, if you ever attended a, an, an official Microsoft curriculum course uh, in person or remotely, they are using the same scalable platform. So if you've done any hands-on labs for any of the real Microsoft certifications, then you know what I'm talking about. The beauty of this is that it's a real environment, like you said. So you have Edge and VS Code and everything else. And depending on the skill, you open Edge and you go to Azure Portal, you actually get to do stuff in there, as opposed to having a simulation like select A, B, C, or D. Let's see if you, if you memorize something like this. So I, I like that it's applied skills for sure. But as, as you maybe said as well, it's not a certification. It's it's more like an assessment with a learning module, perhaps. Yeah, and and you know that begs the question: What is the difference then between a certification and the applied skills uh, experience? And there's a really good comparison going with the announcement as well, and that I really like. And just to set the context here for when to choose one or the other or both. Uh, you know, the goal for certifications is to validate broad technical proficiency, and the goal with applied skills is to validate one specific skill, right? And the context for certifications are role-based. So if you work in a specific role, like cybersecurity engineer, whatever it is, the certification is usually role-based, and then you do all the questions and all the things around that specific role. Like in this role, you're going to be encountering these things. For applied skills, the context is project-based, right? So it doesn't encompass everything in the role. It's for this one project, you need to accomplish these set of tasks, period. That's it. Uh, so the scope for certifications is really the breadth of skills that you need in a given role. And the scope for applied skills is you have a scenario and you need the scenario-specific skills only. Uh, and the format of a certification, as we know, is like an exam with some interactive elements if you have those along the way. And for applied skills, it's this kind of assessment via the interactive lab experience that we talked about. You get this Azure environment in the browser and you can just do everything in there in the browser. You need nothing else. And the flexibility, of course, with certifications is that these are scheduled and kind of fixed. So less flexibility on that end. You have to schedule it. You can do them from home now and have been able to do that for a couple of years. And, and that's like monitored or proctored with a proctor. For applied skills, this is on demand and you can do them whenever and wherever you are. So there's just a, a little bit of difference between what these two things are, like certifications, we've known them for 20 or 30 years, they've been around for a long time. Applied skills now being a, a new thing. I think this is a kind of a good uh, background to understand what the differences are and, and why this is important to understand. So uh, to me, the, the real value was when I saw that the context here is project-based, the scope is scenario specific skills uh, and to validate like one specific skill that's the end goal of doing the applied skills so it's very specific things as we will see when we take a look at the different credentials that are available today you're going to see that it's very specific it's not like you're a cyber security engineer it's not like you're a cloud architect 
No, it's about configuring this specific thing on that specific resource type. You know, it's it's very uh, project based and scenario based in that sense. So I think that kind of paints the picture a little bit on the differences. Yeah, for sure. Somebody recently asked me that they want to learn Linux. And I asked, so what specifically do you want to learn about Linux? Because there's a lot of lot of things you can learn from it. And they said, yeah, yeah I, I just want to have skills in Linux. And I think the same sort of analogy works here. If you want to learn how to use a single command line tool in Linux, or how do I manipulate text files in Linux, then that would be an applied skill. You can apply a specific skill to achieve something in a scenario. But a certification is more about can you manage and maintain a Linux virtual machine regardless of what's happening in that VM. And that obviously is much broader and requires maybe a breadth of skills as opposed to having a specific skill. So somebody thinking about this uh, on applied skills and maybe wondering about the Microsoft partner program as part of this. At least my understanding here is that partner companies still have to have people certify the official certifications to be considered for whatever partnership status they want. As when applied skills, it has no bearing on any of that. So this is, I feel this is more individual focused and has nothing to do with the company or the partnership or any of that. Would you, would you agree on this one? Yeah, I think that's the case uh, for now that, you know, applied skills is about the individual upskilling. So that's about me wanting to learn something specific and then showcasing, okay, I know how to do this thing. Um, and I saw a comment in the Microsoft Tech community about uh, these not being included in the Microsoft AI Cloud Partner Program uh, right now and uh, will not kind of acquire credit towards solution designations or specializations for partners uh, who earn those credentials. Uh, however, and this is according to a person called Sandra in the tech community uh, working for Microsoft, um, um, made this comment on the tech community that uh, it may be under consideration for the future, but there's nothing like that today. So I think that is, that's the only information I found about it uh, when I took a look. So I can't say one way or the other, but don't, today at least don't expect that these credentials, like earning the badges here, won't get you a new partnership status with Microsoft. That is still certifications. Uh, for your team and, and for the folks in your team and your company that will uh, will achieve that. So no changes as far as I know has been announced on any of those things. Um, but I'm just backing this up with everything I found on tech community and the public kind of announcement. No, yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree on this one. And perhaps the, AI, the, the applied skill, not AI skills, everything is about AI nowadays, but perhaps the applied skills later will maybe bridge a small gap that I often feel with certifications is that for somebody who's maybe starting in IT or transforming to a more technical role, it can be a fairly challenging mountain to climb if I tell them that perhaps complete AI 102 and AZ104 on certifications, they might go, well, that, that will take me months to reach something. But now with the applied skills, I can say, well, maybe spend a week on this and you sort of get the grasp on the big picture and, and maybe some, some specific things. But then again, there's still a gap. The other one is specific skills. The other one is more like a mentality or mindset. How do I do AI? 
how do I do administration in Azure as examples in here? So I had a brief look. I think Toby, you had a more in-depth look on what's available today in applied skills. Yeah, um, and that's a great question. So as you might expect, you know, this will probably change over time. Uh, but today, as of this recording, um, like here's a list of the existing ways you can kind of measure your skills using applied skills. Um, and I think there's eight um, announced right now. And they also did announce in the like tech community announcement, they did announce that there are more coming during Ignite. So the existing ones are secure storage for Azure files and Azure blob storage, uh, configure secure access to your workloads using Azure networking, deploy and configure Azure monitor, deploy containers by using Azure Kubernetes services, uh, implement security through a pipeline using Azure DevOps, develop ASP.NET Core web apps uh, to consume an API, Secure Azure services and workloads with Microsoft Defender for Cloud regulatory compliance controls. Configure SCM security operations using Microsoft Sentinels. And then also create and manage automated processes using Power Automate. So it's very specific things like we talked about in the beginning there. It's scenario specific, uh, project specific things. This is, none of these things are, here's what you need for this entire role. These are the things like that. This is the breadth of what you need to understand. But it's very focused things like develop an ASP.NET Core web app to consume an API. That doesn't make you a certified developer. That makes you uh, showcase the applied skill, as you would call it now, uh, for this one project um, project or or kind of task. So um, you know we can also see it in the naming what the focus is. So I I think that's that makes it a little bit clear. Um, and they did announce that uh, during Ignite, there's coming a, a couple more, and this is also in the announcement that exists in the community. Uh, so they're creating an, um, a couple more. One is create an intelligent document processing solution with Azure AI document intelligence. Build a natural language processing solution with Azure AI services. Build an Azure AI vision solution with Azure AI services. Create and manage apps with Power Platform. And then also migrate SQL Server workloads to Azure SQL. So there's a bunch of, of different ones coming in. And just looking at the uh, breadth of topics here, I could imagine that there's quite a few more of these coming in the pipeline. You know, throughout the coming years, we're probably going to see more of these. And you know, whenever there's a, a new technology like AI being a big thing right now, so we can see uh, there's already three new Azure AI uh, related or Azure AI service related. Uh, things coming out uh, during Ignite that they already announced publicly. So there's a bunch of things um, lined up here. So I, I think it's a good idea to uh, dip your feet in the water, try this experience out. Even if none of these things resonate with you today, it's good to just get a feel for the experience. You know, how long does it take? How does it work? And then whenever something shows up that, you know, fits your palette or you think that this is something I want to either prove, uh, showcase, or just I want to learn, you know, go for it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed on that one. I had a look on on one of the applied skills. I my my intention was to spend a couple of days on this, but I ended up giving it 15 minutes and then moving <laughs> on to something else. <laughs> and that one was the first one that was proposed to me, and that was to configure CM security operations using Microsoft Sentinel. And it's actually nice because it's it's very hands-on. And for this specific applied skill, you log into a Windows workstation, you have a bunch of emails. 
and there's an email from a project manager, there's an email from the CTO, they are asking you to do certain stuff on Azure, create a resource group, provision Sentinel and log analytics workspace, configure the logs to be retained for 180 days. It has to be in the West US region, assign this and that role to that person, configure this and this. So it's not telling you how to do something. It's simply outlining these are the tasks that you have to complete. And it's up to you to figure out how do I complete this. So I'm running all of this in a single browser tab logged into learn.microsoft.com and the RDP connection is emulated and embedded on that page. Nobody's stopping me from opening a gazillion other tabs and, and a couple of AI engines to help me out here, such as how do I create a resource group? So obviously I can find those, find that knowledge elsewhere, but I still have to apply it myself. And I think it, this is about getting your feet wet and actually configuring something for real instead of saying, well, I think I know how this should be done, but I've never done this myself. So going back again, applied skills, certifications, the difference. Certifications, I think and feel in the past couple of years, it measures more on the, on the overall holistic understanding of a given topic. And applied skill, skills is more like, do you know how to provision Sentinel with these settings? If you can say yes, you're able to complete the skill. If you do not know, then there's the guidance that you first have to study through. Then you go back to the assessment and you have two hours. I, th I think it's two hours for all of the assessments to complete, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, sorry. so I, I also took a look at this and I like the two hour kind of time limit because it, it sets the scope a little bit. Because um, otherwise you might spend, you know, a full day in there clicking around and then at the end of the day, you're still going to fail the assessment because you did something wrong. Uh, one thing to be aware of when you do these, because uh, I've, I've done four of these already um, and I tried them out. And one thing to be aware of is don't overcomplicate things either, right? Because it's an automated system that will assess the configuration that you have deployed in that one Azure subscription. So if you do things too well, like if you if your task is to enable Defender for Cloud, and then do X, Y, Z. Don't do that and then enable a bunch of other security stuff that might be beneficial in a real world scenario because that's not the ask. And if you start over provisioning or start over configuring things that goes outside the scope of the, the kind of task, uh, it might fail you because of that because it doesn't meet the requirements of what you were asked to do in that one scenario. So even if you can enhance the security posture in this case, uh, by enabling even more features and you know configuring more restrictive controls and access controls and whatever it is, just do what you're told in the or asked in the in the kind of emails in the scenario because it's automatically then evaluating whatever you're doing in that environment. Um, so I I took this for a spin also and uh, like I said I I did four of these over the weekend and I found them really easy to just get done. Uh, so I think the experience here will depend on who you are and, and more specifically what level of experience you have. Um, so I, uh, you know, it depends on where you are in your career and with your technical experience around these things. Uh, and I mean, we're experienced professionals. We've worked with Azure for a long time. We do this every day. Well, I used to do this every day until uh, my recent kind of job switch last year. Um, so I've, I've done a lot of these things every single day. So. The four applied skills I tried out, it was just fire it up, 
go through it, done and dusted, right? That's it. Uh, so I have all those credentials now, but I'm not sure what to do with them because they don't really prove that I know th something that I didn't know before for me personally. Uh, but I think it's, uh, again, it's really depending on where you're, uh, where you're at in your career and with your technical experience. So the way I look at it is that like for new people in like new in career or new in a specific role, it's a great way to use this to ramp up using Microsoft Learn training modules or an instructor-led training if you want to do that. And then try the applied skills assessment to uh, to really see if you know how to do the things you're supposed to know for that scenario, not just, you know, the knowledge check. Um, you know, historically, I know a lot of folks who have a lot of certifications on a lot of topics, but they never actually worked with any of those things because you can read a lot and you can understand a lot by reading and then do a certification. But here you have to actually do it, even if it's sometimes pretty trivial things, if you're a, an experienced professional, uh, but you have to showcase it. You still have to do it. Uh, so I think that's really good. Uh, so that's like for newcomers, I think this is awesome. For intermediate folks or mid, in, you know, middle in the career, if folks have been doing some, or if you're switching roles, uh, I recommend just try this out. Uh, you know, try this experience and see if you can pass the bar. If not, you'll be able to learn where you can ramp up and then try again. More than likely, you're you're gonna pass. Uh, you know, either in the first try or any secondary attempts. And it's pretty straightforward to try it out. Uh, the only thing is, if you fail, you have to wait 72 hours, and then you can try again with that one exam. Uh, and it's also for experts. If you're already a working professional, um, you know, in in any of the areas, and you're you're very likely to just pass this on the fly without any real preparations. That's what I did. I did the four of these, no studying. I took a look at no learn modules, none of that. I just jumped in and I did them. Um, and and I, I passed them, which I'm of course happy about. Um, so I think if you just want the credentials, if you just want the badge, you can do that as well. You can just go and, and click the button. You're going to get this uh, Credly badge or whatever it is, or Mike should learn badge saying, hey, here's your kind of verified credential for that. Um, so yeah, but I think like from my point of view, it's worth spending time trying this out. I like the experience. It does not supersede or replace certifications. Uh, it's a complementary kind of credential to certification. So if you have both a certification uh, for any given role, and then you have a, a couple of these applied skills that relates to that role, that's a, a even better proof that at least you have, uh, you know, you have the attitude that you can do, you can learn, you want to prove it. Uh, and I think that in itself, like we've been, both have been hiring managers. I used to be a hiring manager in the past as well. And one of the things I'm looking for when I hire people is the attitude, like the can-do attitude. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have all the answers to how to implement a Sentinel workspace the best way, but you have to have the attitude that you're willing to learn if that is the role we're, we're hiring for. Like, You don't need to know everything there is to know about this one thing, but you need to have the kind of growth mindset and, and think that I'm here to learn. If I don't know it, I'm going to figure it out. And if I can't figure it out, I'm not afraid to ask questions. Um, you know, that that to me is the only way uh, forward and upwards uh, in your career. So that's something that I look out for uh, when when hiring folks, uh, you know, the kind of can-do attitude. So so what is that like for you? Because I'm no longer a hiring manager in, in my current job, but, but you are. Um, so is, is that something you're reflecting on? Yeah, this is definitely something I'm reflecting on 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 a, on a weekly basis. Uh, one sort of reflection on this from the past couple of weeks is that 
I'm I'm hiring for a couple of roles in my company, and so this is not an advertisement. This is just a reality, and. I have some people that I don't obviously know reach out to me from the local market, perhaps asking that, well, you, you're looking for this, could we maybe be a good match? And it's really hard to to sort of figure it out where the good match is going to be. It's not just the certifications. It's not just applied skills. And this is a relatively new thing. So nobody's sort of putting this forth on, on the applications. But I feel it's it's the mindset, as you said, the the can-do attitude, but what seems to be the most useful for me if I'm interviewing somebody is, let me give you a specific problem that you might face in this future role. And I don't want the exact technical answer because far too often it's super easy to just, just spit out a product name. So I'm giving you an example. Okay, so here's a problem. Here's the scenario. Nothing super complex, something that can be said in two sentences. And I'm not expecting the answer to be use Intune. Yeah, but but what's the thinking here? What's the approach? What's the process? How would you recommend this? And what are the factors you should sort of outline here? And I may be ex- expecting five sentences back, but that reveals a lot of the thinking on how holistic is your understanding on the platform. And again, the applied skills, super useful, like the develop an ASP.NET Core web app that consumes an API. So if I complete that one, it probably takes 30 minutes to do the assessment. I can maybe then cosplay as a developer, but I, I cannot really be a developer then just with that 30 minute assessment. But if I do a certification, it might take me six months and I'm again learning maybe stuff that's not that relevant for me as a developer in the future. So I need something in between and that's the real experience, but it's also the thinking and the reflection. How do I approach these problems? How do I, how do I come up with solutions and can I explain those solutions as well? Because often that forces you to think it out loud that, okay, I'm creating an API like this and this is why I ended up doing it, the authentication like that because of this reason. But if the answer is, why did you put this and that sort of an authentication in the API? If you answer, well, I don't know, I just Googled something. Well, not not really helpful to, to anybody. So again, the willingness to be in the, in the non-comfort zone and the willingness to, to keep on learning and having the attitude and being able to every day pick up stuff to, to better your understanding of the big picture. I feel that's the key there. And what I'm saying here, I am practicing exactly the same what I'm preaching here. Uh, recently, I've been working on a tricky Azure SQL and Azure Data Platform problem. And I've been working quite a bit with SQL Server and Azure SQL back in the day. But now when I started deep diving on this specific problem, I had to go back to the basics to see, oh, this and this feature has been updated last year. I just didn't notice this small, tiny change that affects something that we need to debug now. So you always sort of have to go back to the details, but it helps if you have this bigger understanding and how they connect to each other. And then you you can be more comfortable in, in spending a couple of hours learning some detailed thing 
because you don't need to worry what's happening around you because you're, you're fairly solid in understanding those on the side. Yeah, and I, I think those are some really good reflections and just um, you know to round things up because I don't have anything more to say on applied skills right now. Uh, are the, other than you know, go try it out. It was an awesome experience. Uh, I did it. Um, you know, a couple of them. Uh, you know, quite easy. Click the button in the browser. Bam, you get an Azure environment. Log in. Bam, you get a couple of requirements. Do these things. Bam, you have to go do them, and then you do an assessment and see if you did them right. It's pretty cool. So, kind of a self-service and uh, assessment of your uh, your skills. And the good thing is you don't have to tell anyone if you fail. You can just go back and do it whenever you want, again, after 72 hours. Uh, so really like at your own pace. But I really like your reflection here. And I, uh, you know, on the hiring questions, when someone says like this example, hey, you just use Intune. That sounds like, uh, you know, back in the day, I was a teacher, um, like a professional teacher for IT professionals. Um, and, and I did a lot of training. And we used to joke about those who can't do teach because uh, you often read in the book or in the documentation. It's supposed to work like this, so that's the reality I live in, right? Luckily, I was working in the field as well, but that is similar to that kind of answer. I just use Intune. What I'm interested in hearing is, so when using Intune, what are the top three challenges you've faced? Because I've, I've rolled out Intune a couple of times, and it's not easy. Right. According to the documentation, it might be like this and that, and you just enable this and you just get things in and da, da, da. there will always be things that go sideways or not according to plan or things you didn't expect. And that is true for anything, of course, in, in our business. Uh, so that's what I usually try to figure out, like, what are the things that didn't go well and what's the retrospective on that? How could we have done that better? And uh, what are the things we can improve moving forward? Because if you have someone to come in and reflect on, well, I failed on this task because X, Y, Z, that is what I'm looking for. That is someone with the growth kind of mindset saying, all right, well, that didn't go to plan. We thought it was going to work because the documentation said X, Y, Z, and we tried it. But our variables changed that um, field a little bit. And then this happened. And then we had to tackle that. Um, but now we're getting into more of a kind of career discussion and, and career mentality and an interview question style episode, <laughs> uh, which we might do in the future anyway. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to reflect a little bit on that because it's it's funny how how different folks and different hiring managers approach these kind of problems differently. But I, I feel based on what you just said, we have a kind of a similar mindset on uh, on these things. Yeah, agreed on that one. And I I probably have a lot of opinions on the hiring and recruitment and the skills and onboarding and, and ramping up and all that. But that's beyond this episode for now. Maybe we'll talk about those in a, in a future episode. But to recap, applied skills, learn.microsoft.com slash credentials. It's a, it's a weird address. I would imagine it would be learn MS.com slash applied skills, but it's slash credentials. Uh, go and have a look what's in there. Try one of those out. Because even if you know the stuff, it's always nice to have a small challenge, have a cup of coffee, open whatever from there and, and figure out if you can just go to the assessment. Do you actually know the stuff if you claim to be the expert and knowing it end to end? And often, the more you work on something, the, the less you get, get to work with the details, the more you work on the broad strokes. And these type of assessments are nice to challenge you back on 
well, can you really get your hands dirty and actually get stuff working? Or can you do more like a nice looking PowerPoints and hand waving, but not really implement anything? And I think applied skills is better for that as opposed to certifications. Alrighty, that is all we had on applied skills. The last bit is the unexpected question. And Toby, I think you have a question for me. I do have a question for you. And like, this is a pretty serious question that, you know, um, I think about this every day. So if aliens landed on Earth and they asked you to choose one item to represent all of humanity, what would you give them? And why would it be a rubber duck? That's a great question. And I have a couple of rubber duck in my main bathroom. I think we, we got those from the Netherlands. We were traveling there and each hotel kept selling us rubber ducks, like those super tiny, <laughs> tiny ones. So we had a few of those, but now I'm thinking, I think you've seen the picture of this massive yellow rubber duck that is floating somewhere in, in, in the ocean. And, and it just freely floats to whichever direction the wind is blowing. And and I think the nickname for the world's largest rubber duck is Mama Duck. And I would give that massive, massive duck. It's it's like a 10 floor building, essentially. It's such <laughs> such a massive, massive thing. So I would hand over Mama Duck, the largest rubber duck in the world, to the aliens and say, This this is this is our uh, manager and this duck is in charge of everything talk to him yeah it's a it's a good point good reflection so i i think uh, because it's waterproof it squeaks obviously when you squeeze it and it's a, really the only earth ambassador that can really handle both water and this the vacuum of space without a spacesuit it's going to be the perfect ambassador so whenever they need to answer a question you just squeak it and that's it yeah there there's a website thebigduck.us and the slogan is <laughs> the world is her bathtub. I, I've never seen this in person, <laughs> but there's pictures from Singapore and Los Angeles and all the places. <laughs> and it, it looks like an inflatable one. So perhaps if it's if it's uh, leaking, somebody goes and fixes that and pushes it, pushes it out in the ocean and let's see where it resurfaces again. <laughs> so yes, I would go for this one. All right. Alrighty. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. All right, see you then.